Raised with fancy surroundings, but still it was Walmart for school clothes. We'll learn what that meant with Rachel Cook in just a moment. Welcome to the Her Money Matters podcast, the preferred podcast by many women across the globe to help you take control of your finances. Join me, Jen Hempel, a motivational money coach and your host each week as I share with you practical, simple money insights and real life stories by women like you. Let's do it. Hello there. I'm excited to have you here today. We are about to enter the triple digits with the number of episodes. So at the end of this episode, I'll be sharing how we're celebrating for episode 100. Yes, 100. So I really, truly appreciate you tuning in today. As usual, I am grateful to have you and for you to choose this podcast out of the many options that you have out there. Today, I have a guest that I know you will love. And in this episode, you'll learn the secret she learned that shifted into money taking care of her. You'll also learn why her parents chose to shop at Walmart versus the mall for her clothes and what she was doing at 15 years of age that put her ahead in her financial education. Then you'll also learn the two uncommon things she does and the reason why and her favorite book that she gives away to her cousins at graduation. And I really love that choosing of her book. Now, Rachel Cook, she has an MBA, is a green smoothie enthusiast, a restorative yoga advocate, and an award-winning strategist who believes entrepreneurs can grow their dream businesses while living their dream life right now. After experiencing debilitating anxiety and burnout in her former life in the traditional corporate world, Rachel walked away from a lucrative consulting career and onto a yoga mat. Months later, she married her passion for yoga and business acumen by launching The Yogipreneur a boutique consultancy teaching the yoga of business and mindful marketing. Since launching The Yogapreneur in 2008 and in rachelcook.com in 2014, she's built two multiple six-figure businesses, inspiring over 20,000 entrepreneurs around the world to create profitable, sustainable businesses they can be proud of, all while navigating the beautiful chaos of raising three kids, two kittens, and one cocker spaniel with her husband, Jameson. So are you ready to meet Rachel? Let's do it. Welcome, Rachel Cook, to the Her Money Matters podcast. This is a treat to have you here. Thanks so much for having me, Jen. I'm so excited about our conversation today. Well, I am too as well, because with each interview, there's something a little bit unique and different with each story from the guest. So I'm excited to learn more about you and your money story. So are you ready to dive in? Let's do it. All right, perfect. So just tell me a little bit about how you grew up around money, what you heard, what you experienced. I'd love to hear about that. So my experience is kind of interesting um, because I was raised by two entrepreneurs who did pretty well for themselves. And that meant I, we grew up in a beautiful house. It was on a waterfront property. We always had boats. We actually, my dad, I remember... Um, Gosh, I was probably still in elementary school when he bought a 44-foot yacht oh, for nice. my mom who's disabled and could no longer get on a sailboat. 
So he bought her like this, we called it the big boat. He bought the big boat so that we could have something we could get her on and off of. And so in a lot of ways we had um, what seemed like a lot of money, but it was interesting because my parents were both entrepreneurs. I also grew up with the feeling that you had to work really, really, really hard to have that kind of money. And it often meant that sometimes I saw a lot of money being spent on fancy things like the big house and the boat and, you know, a new Mercedes. But then I remember growing up and my mom being like, okay, it's time for school clothes. We've got to go to Walmart. Interesting. And it was a really interesting thing as a kid that I never really understood. I remembered growing up and going to school and looking at a lot of my friends who were wearing, you know, clothes from the mall, which is big in the nineties, right? Like oh, yes. you wanted to I go to the mall. <laughs> you wanted to go to the mall and go to the gap and express and all those cool places. And I wasn't able to do that. My parents were really interesting in the way we handled money and that we never spent on clothes. We never spent on really going out to dinner, but we did spend, or they spent a lot more on what they wanted out of their life. So it was kind of weird in a lot of ways because, you know, I remember having friends over and their parents would be dropping them off, coming down our driveway and just seeing, you know, this really awesome waterfront house and going, wow, this is amazing. And I'm like, but I don't, you're wearing designer jeans and I'm not. (laughs) So I learned some, some interesting mixed messages growing up, but the biggest one was probably you've got to work really hard to make a living. And my parents actually instilled that hard work ethic in me really well, because when it came to the point where I did want those things, they made me earn it. Mm-hmm. They weren't just, um, you know, saying, here's our credit card, go shopping. It was like, okay, well, if you want to spend that much money, you need to go babysit. You need to go wait, tr- you know, wait tables. You need to go work in, I would go work in my dad's office. And, um, in the nineties, they didn't really have a whole lot of computer stuff, but I was really darn good at it. So <laughs> I would, I would do all the data entry and his insurance business. Um, so that was probably the biggest thing around growing up around money was growing up where your parents are pretty well off, but they really were focused on instilling that work ethic in you. And for me, it's been interesting now because, that work ethic actually kind of backfired a little bit. (laughs) I was going to say, I noticed with what you teach, it's kind of like less is more is what the message I'm getting. So uh, interesting, interesting. So that basically, that was my next question because of what I, what I see of how you work is hearing those messages, those mixed signals, seeing them work hard, actually you actually partaking in in those uh, strong worth ethics. When did that shift for you? Uh, I know you have this successful business for you. I, I feel the message is less is more. Uh, yeah. So when did this shift for you? So it actually shifted for me um, after I finished my MBA program. I did what most MBAs do. You know, you go into finance or you go into consulting. <laughs> I went into financial consulting for small businesses and I spent about two years on the road driving up and down between Atlanta and D.C., seeing these small businesses in their actual, you know, offices or whatever. And I was working myself to death. And that's when I realized, okay, I'm working so hard. But at that time I was getting ready to get married. I knew we wanted to start a family. And in all honesty, like I was making great money, but I had no time to enjoy any of it because I was in the, you know, working all day long. And for me, that was a big wake up call that, okay, maybe this work hard, work hard, work hard to make money wasn't all 
it it seems like it might be. Maybe I needed a different approach. And that's when I literally, I was, I was so burned out at that point, Jen. I mean, I got to the point where I was having really bad anxiety and I turned in my resignation and just decided I was going to figure out a new way to do this. It was more on my terms. And that's where it really shifted was me actually working myself. I mean, to the point of anxiety attacks because I was working so hard. Not fun. Not no, fun. I don't recommend it. No. The, I, and that's why I say, you know, the lesson I got that you have to work hard for your money. The plus side is it gave me a crazy work ethic that in all honesty, I don't see in a lot of people, especially my generation of 30 somethings right now, we were all told how spoiled we were. Nobody had to work hard and, you know, everybody got a participation award and I'm like, whatever guys, I had to work my butt off for everything I wanted. And my parents made sure that I did, you know, that's something they wanted for me, but they finding the other part of that in creating more balance. And now we're in a time where you really can design your life yes. and your business completely differently than you, it wasn't even possible 20 years ago. No, no. And, and I can attest to that because I'm a little older than you, but it definitely has shifted from just the beginning of my marriage. We've been married. This will be year 17. And even at just, I'm a military spouse. And even at the very beginning, trying to figure out how can I have a mobile career? Um, that was at the beginning of the internet. <laughs> I'm back. I'm dating myself. But uh, yeah, so it's definitely shifted. And there's so many possibilities now. Absolutely. And the best part about it is, yes, you still have to work hard, but it doesn't mean you have to work so hard you burn yourself out. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. And what would you say has been the best money advice that you've received? Okay. So ironically, (laughs) it came from my dad. (laughs) Maybe not ironically, but he always told me, you know, when you take care of your money, your money will take care of you. And that's something that he, I just remember him saying that repeatedly, like take care of your money and your money will take care of you. When I was in middle school and high school, he's like teaching me about running a checking account. He actually put me in charge of the household checking account when I was in high school and I was, you know, actually writing checks out of their checkbook for all the bills and, you know, the grocery store, my mom was disabled and couldn't drive. So I would often have to do the grocery store run and things like that. And so I learned really early how to manage my money simply Mm -hmm. because they put that responsibility on me to learn how to take care of it. So hands down, favorite little saying, my sisters and I always kind of joke around it because it's like such a dadism. We just can still hear him in our head, you know, 20 years after being that young. And it's hilarious. I love it. And what would you say are your challenges around money? So I'm definitely an entrepreneur through and through. And that means I'm okay with risk, you know, mm-hmm. because if if you're going to be an entrepreneur, you have to be okay with a a lot of uncertainty and you have to really trust that you can figure it out, even if you don't know exactly what that's going to look like. So I think that's one of the challenges I have is also raised by entrepreneurial parents. I'm used to seeing people take risks with their money, but I remember um, like when I left my more corporate consulting job, so many people thought I was insane. They were like, what are you going to do? You don't have any income coming in. What are you going to do? Like people were freaking out thinking I had completely lost it. And I was like, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. And I think that's the biggest thing that's a challenge for me is just I naturally kind of am okay with risk. And it never has gotten to the point where it's put me in trouble, but it's definitely something I have to watch out for now that especially I'm the mom of three and I have so much more responsibility. It was a lot easier to be risky with 
you know, making those big decisions when it was just me. Absolutely. <laughs> now it's not as easy. And now I have to really kind of sometime rein myself in and say, okay, Rach, you need to really think about this because you've got a mortgage and you've got a, you know, car payment and you've got three kids you're dealing with. Let's make sure this makes sense before we go all in. No, it makes sense. And what would you say has been the best money you've ever spent? The best money I've ever spent is such a tough question because I can think of so many times that I've invested in something and it's completely transformed me being where I'm at right now. Mm -hmm. Um, I would have to say some of the best money I've ever spent aside from like buying our house (laughs) or anything is really going to be money that I spent related on developing myself. So the first time I hired a coach, the first time I hired a personal trainer, the first time I joined a mastermind to learn how to really make my business better. I've always found that anytime I invest in myself, I instantly see, you know, a 10 times return on investment because it's making me better at what I do or who I want to be. Right, right. No, personal development is so huge. You there's so many things that you learn from it that, I mean, and you continue, and it's something that you have to continue to do, right? Uh, Cause yeah. you evolved as you take the journey and whatever you're doing. Um, I think it's, it's just, it's very important. And I would love to know if you're up to it um, in your household. So let's leave the uh, business part. I know you're an entrepreneur through and yeah. through, but in your household, how is your, how do you all uh, manage your finances? Are you in charge of the personal finances? Does your husband do this? How does that work? Like in, in a span yeah. of like 30 days, do you all sit down every week? What does that look like for you? This is such a good question because it's one that my husband, Jameson and I have, it, what we do now is not what we did when we first got married 10 years ago. <laughs> And I think this is true for any couple, like you evolve and you have to really play to each other's strengths. So Jameson now uh, works with me. So we both work in my business, which is great. But I'm very much and I told him when he came left teaching English in the middle school to come be with us at home and work with me. I was like, look, there's actually a limit to how much I can put on my plate. If I put too much on my plate, I get really overwhelmed. So I need to manage the business finances. I need you to manage the personal finances. And we just kind of split it like that because otherwise I was making all the decisions by myself, which is really hard sometimes to be feeling like you're, if you make the wrong decision, everything's going to like go up and smoke or something. So we have money dates on a regular basis. Usually about once a week, we sit down and we go through our personal finances and the business finances together because it's really tied in. It's you know? definitely tied in. Yep. Yep. But we sit down and we use YNAB. Um, you need a budget that software, which I absolutely love and recommend. It's been such a game changer for us to use that to manage how we spend. So every week Jameson is updating that and managing that. And then he comes and tells me, okay, here's where we are with all of this. And are we good to write our paycheck? Blah, blah, blah. And then I just send off the thing so that we keep paying ourselves a paycheck from the business. So that's how we do it. He manages the personal side and I mostly manage the business side. Love it. And you do and you check in weekly. Yeah. Love Checking it. in weekly was we realized we needed to do weekly, not just monthly, especially because there are times where we both can let things get away from us. Like I think any 
anybody can relate to this, but there are times where it feels like everything's happening at the exact same moment and you're stressed out and you're not thinking very clearly. And we would realize when we were only sitting down maybe monthly, we would get to the end of the month, we'd review our budget and we'd be like, whoa, how did we spend $1,500 this month on groceries? <laughs> and we realized we needed that weekly check-in to make sure we were paying attention because the minute we stopped paying attention, we were just, you know, it was like you couldn't keep cash in our pocket. We were just spending as quickly as we could. Before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. Right, right. And I know you mentioned a couple of things um, that at the very beginning, how you managed the money at the very beginning of, the mar- of your marriage is, is different now. So let's talk if we could, can about the communication because money is such a taboo subject to talk about. And sometimes in couples, depending on the couple, it's hard to talk about, right? The fears, yeah. the uh, maybe how, you know, your mindset around money, how you grew up around money. There's so many factors in that. So how would you say are, is your communication with your husband around money? And maybe if you could provide some tips that maybe uh, you have learned and that has have helped you to have a good and healthy money conversation. Yeah, I would say at the beginning of our marriage and again, like everybody has their own money, the, their own things they bring to a marriage and their own like way of dealing with money. And I had learned from such a young age how to manage money. My husband didn't. And ironically, his dad's in the banking industry. (laughs) (laughs) That was so funny. So we got married and he really didn't know how to manage money. He didn't have like a system or anything. So I kind of did it. I kind of took it all on my plate. Once I started my business, that's when I was like, okay, we have got to get on the same page here because it's a lot to manage a household and do everything else. So for us, it's been, I'm not going to say it was easy at all. I'm going to say, I think if you're smart, you will find a way to have the conversations and figure out how you can have them without hurting each other's feelings. (laughs) I was not always good at that. Sometimes I needed to, you know, say, Hey, I think we ought to sit down with a financial planner or somebody who can actually walk us through some of this stuff. Because I knew that if I was saying it, it wouldn't necessarily be received. But if someone else was saying, Hey, here's what we should do, that might help. So we've never been shy about getting help when it comes to our finances. So we've had, yeah, like we've had a financial planner who we've worked with for a really long time. You know, of course we have a CPA um, who we work with and we make sure that when we need to have those big conversations about things we need to do, we bring that person in and we sit down and let them walk us through it. Otherwise we find ourselves getting frustrated with each other. So, and it's also good to have like a fresh look because sometimes from looking at that your your money just over and over again, you don't see things that someone else on the outside can see and can suggest. So it's always yeah. good to have that fresh look. Awesome. And I'm also curious. So as a young girl, and I'm not sure when, how old you were when your dad had you write the checks, uh, had you pay the bills, those type of things. How old were you? Um, probably 15 or 16. 15. Okay. Um, so I'm curious, is that something, are you going to be doing something similar with your kids? Are you doing something already that's instilling some of those money skills? I'm not sure how old your kids are. So just curious. 
my twins actually the day that we're recording the twins turned seven today and then my little guy's about to turn four so they're still pretty little right um but I do think about this because I want them to feel confident with their money and I don't Mm -hmm. want them to waste it (laughs) absolutely I think when you have little kids the challenge is your kids see so much like commercials and it's just junk. You know, it's just, I I remember we were at my parents' house over the holidays and every, I was just, I get blown away by how kids are marketed too. We don't have a TV. It's crazy. We don't have a TV very intentionally in my home. And that's because I don't want my kids being marketed to. And when we see you know, all that stuff, I know that if they had money, they would be like, mom, let's go buy this. Let's go get that. (laughs) So one, I protect my kids from that. Like straight up at this age, I don't think they are old enough to understand the difference between a want and a need. They're just starting to get it. Um, But if you ask them what they want, they're going to give you a list of like a bunch of crap that they don't really need. And then you end up walking all over it in the middle of the night, Legos on the bottom of your feet. It's not fun. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that we've been doing since they were really little, um, aside from like we opened up their um, education savings account, but I set up checking accounts for each of the kids. And I've been really clear with our parents because my kids were the first grandparent or first grandkids on both sides of our family and grandparents can get a little nuts with stuff <laughs> yes. like that. So I was just very clear with both sets of, of um, our parents and the kids' grandparents. I said, you know, I know you guys love shopping for them. I know you love bringing them a gift every time you see them. Instead of filling my house full of plastic toys, <laughs> here's their here's the deposit slips to their che- their checking account, and here's the deposit slips to their savings account, their education savings account. I was like, take half of whatever you would spend on some toy, and please put it in their savings account because Very at the smart. end of the day, yeah, at the end of the day, I would rather those kids get ready to go to college and have it paid for. I would rather you know they get through the end of high school. And it's like, wow, look how much money is sitting in my checking account. I can go buy a car. So that's something that we're starting to have the conversation with them about. And whenever the kids do get money um, for birthdays and whatever else, we always take them to the bank and they put half in the bank and they can have the other half in their piggy bank. Love it. Yep. Yeah. What's funny though, is they have very different ideas of how they want to spend their money. Oh, of course. <laughs> one, one is definitely a saver and one is a spender. <laughs> so. Oh, that is so awesome. Well, you're doing amazing with them. I love it. I'm just always curious. So all parents do it just a tad bit differently. And because at such a young age, you were already balancing the checkbook, writing these checks, I was curious to see your take on that. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Who would you say is your favorite money guru celebrity? Money guru celebrity. Oh, gosh, this is tough. Because I remember when I finished college, one of the best books I ever picked up was by um, I think it's David Bach. Yes. And Mm -hmm. it was smart women finish rich. Mm -hmm. And I remember, um, I think it was actually somebody in my, maybe it was my mentor in my MBA program. Another woman gave it to me and was like, you need this, read this. And I remember reading that. And then I was reading everything else he wrote, because at that point, he'd also written like The Automatic Millionaire. And a couple, he also wrote a book called Smart Couples Finish Rich. So I have like every David Bach book that I think he's ever written sitting on my bookshelf behind me. And it's all just been so immensely practical. It is. His books are awesome. And they're easy to read. And I think that's one thing. Sometimes they can get a little dense but I always found his stuff is just so easy to read and so practical. I almost every college graduate in my family, I'm the oldest of 15 
cousin. So every time somebody else graduates college, they get a smart women finish rich book or (laughs) the automatic millionaire. I'm like, look, you need to know this stuff. That's awesome. I'm I'm glad that you're doing that. That is amazing. Yeah. I think it's perfect gift for college or high school grads. Absolutely. And I agree with you. That is definitely an easy read. It's uh, super practical. It's something that you can get done. And uh, I know another book, it's a good one. It's the Tony Robbins, the money book. And that's a good book, but it's not a book that you uh, read in one sitting. It's not anything that you just, it's, it's not as practical or quick, you know, you can implement right away as David Bach, which I, that's what I love about David Bach. So, and so would you say that would be your favorite money book, the save smart women, save smart women, women finish rich. (laughs) I I would say that is mainly because it's the one that got me interested in learning more about how I could manage my own money. And I think it's just such a good entry point into all these things we have to learn that, you know, there's not necessarily classes in high school or anything. And if you take a finance class in college, I took tons of finance classes. They had nothing to do with personal finance. Mm -hmm. It was all about corporate finance. So it was huge for me to see all of that. And I think it was really helpful going into being an entrepreneur because I already had some ideas about these areas I had to make sure I was covering, even though now I didn't have an employer setting up a retirement plan or, you know, making sure I had disability insurance. I kind of knew going into it, okay, you have to add that on to whatever you're mm-hmm. going to do as an entrepreneur because now you're responsible for that. Absolutely. Love it. Love it. Love it. Now, Rachel, this has been great. And as you know, this podcast is all about making money simple and taking control of it. So how would you finish this sentence? Her money matters because. Her money matters because freedom, freedom. Like I think more women want freedom and the freedom to be able to live the lifestyle they want to live, uh, create the job or the career or the business they want to create. And when you are, again, when you take care of your money and you understand how to make that happen, then it takes care of you and you actually can live the life you want to live and have the career you want to have because you've got the resources to do it. Love it. Well, this has been wonderful. I've had such a great time having this conversation with you, Rachel, and really getting to know you better. Thanks so much for having me, Jen. It's great. What did you think of Rachel? Pretty impressive, right? There's so much I love about this episode, and I'm going to propose a challenge to you in just a moment. But first, as usual, let's do our weekly shout out. This week, what I want to do is shout out to everyone who participated in my first weekly Facebook Live in our community. In our first one, we discussed how to choose when saving and paying off debt. Now, it is something that I'm going to be doing these weekly Facebook Lives. I'm going to be doing weekly every single Tuesday, unless I say otherwise, right? Because life pops up or vacation at 1 p.m. But that is my commitment to you. So if you want me to answer questions, or if you want me to cover a specific topic, that definitely let me know and I'll be sure to do it. And uh, I'll be sure to put a link in the comments in case you're interested watching the first one. So I want to say a big thank you to Shannon, Stephanie, Randy, Heather, Rosalind, uh, Brittany, Vanessa, Alicia, Whitney, Jennifer, and I hope I didn't leave anybody out. So I want to appreciate you ladies for being there and for your participation, especially on the first one. Now, there is so much that I love about today's episode. 
like the book she gives to her cousins for graduation. Wasn't that such a great recommendation? I know I'm biased, but I love that recommendation. A money book. Hello. There's was something that definitely popped up over and over again. The theme of how working hard for your money was something that you needed to do, right? And she also talked about how her dad expressed to her something that she heard over and over again. If you take care of your money, the money will take care of you, right? So I want to challenge you and ask you, what can you shift today of how you're taking care of your money that will make a difference so it can take more care of you? I want to spark your mind. If you remember in our chat with Rachel, she made the request of the grandparents that any gift, uh, any money, any sort of thing like that, that they wanted to give to their grandkids, she asked them to put half of that into college savings. So instead of buying a whole bunch of toys, they still could buy toys, but half of the money that they were going to spend, she asked to be put in college savings. That is cool. That is taking care of your money so it takes care of you. So what will it be for you? I want to challenge you to do this and think through this. I know we tend to think in terms of literally just saving and spending less, but think outside the box for a moment. In our community, Stephanie lately recently shared how she struggled on the weekends with meals. Uh, It was both breaking the budget and just the healthy options that she would normally choose. And she finally found a way to solve this weekend dilemma. She took a look at her money with a different set of eyes and found the money and started to use a food service like Blue Apron. What was interesting, she had looked at Blue Apron before, but it wasn't, it didn't work that time. So it's a matter of just looking at it with a fresh set of eyes. Sometimes we look at things, don't find solutions, and we stop there. And other times, if we look with a different fresh set of eyes, because maybe we're in a different stage of life, maybe we learned something new, maybe something happened and we had an aha moment, you just have to try all over again. There's no sense of thinking, I've already tried everything, because sometimes it's just about a small tweak that makes the world of the difference, okay? So I want to challenge you, what will it be for you? And just be sure to share that, what you're doing Uh, Once you look through your money, once you thought through it, share that with our community over at jenhemphill.com forward slash community. Next week, we'll be celebrating 100 episodes and I've got a special announcement because literally there's just a lot to celebrate. In the month of May, we've got Mother's Day, Military Spouse Appreciation Day, Memorial Day. It's also my birthday month. And I'm sure there's a lot of those holidays like hot dog day. And I don't know which ones are for May, but I'm sure there's other ones, but the main ones. So I'll explain my special announcement next week on the podcast and how it's going to work. And I'm going to also share some highlights from you as a listener and what has happened along in my journey as well. So that is a wrap for today. I want to thank Rachel for joining us for being so transparent and sharing her story. You can check her out over at rachelcook.com and I'll be sure to have that link in our show notes for you to find easily. And those show notes you can find over at jenhempill.com forward slash 99. So if you love this episode, if you 
were just wowed with this episode and what with Rachel had to say or with the message or something specific about the, uh, this episode that resonated with you and you're listening from your smartphone, I would look, there's going to be three dots, click on them, and it gives you the option to share via text, social media, email, what are, there's different ways of sharing. Or obviously, if you're uh, listening from a laptop or something else, there's uh, ways of sharing. So I would really, really appreciate if you would share as it will not only help the podcast continue to grow, but you will be helping a friend or two or three as well. So do it now while you're thinking about it. And with that, I'll talk to you next Thursday. 